Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. You're like an alchemist. You sit there every year, you start with nothing, you have nothing, and yet, by the end of the year, you you build a pot of gold, you know. And and I just went away that night, and I thought he's right, he's absolutely right. I do it every year. I've got to trust myself. You know, I've I've shown over many years. Hi, it's journalist Caroline Stephen. Welcome to the Talking Trading Podcast where we interview top share traders around the world. Today's special guest on the show is Stephen Goldstein from Alpha Cubed and the Alpha Mind podcast, which Chris Tate appeared on last year. Stephen spent 25 years trading on banking floors at Credit Suisse, Commerce Bank and American Express. He's now a trading performance coach. You just heard his accent on the clip at the front of the podcast, which I love. And he's not only a great conversationalist, he's very rich with trading experience. And we spent nearly an hour discussing the importance of self-development for a trader. The time went very quickly. And today's episode is part one of our conversation with Stephen. This interview is valuable for either a beginner or an experienced trader. And you might want to write down some of Stephen's insights. One of the best bits of the interview was when Stephen talked about losses in the market and what they do to a trader's mindset and psychology. And in MindPower today, Louise Bedford looks at this exact same topic. So let's hear Louise now in MindPower and then we'll go to Stephen Goldstein from Alpha Mind. Before you start trading, you think, how hard can it be? Come on, I can face rejection. I can go again and again. I can work according to a plan. But then you start trading and you do get those failures, those mini failures that we call losses. You find that they gather and they build in momentum and sometimes they seem more important than those few big wins. I've been thinking about that a lot today and the reason I think we struggle with this is that failure loves company. Once you make a failure in whatever area of your life, you are more likely to remember past failures. Sure, you asked that person out in eighth grade and they said no. You remember that time that you went for that promotion and your arch rival got it instead of you. You asked for that pay rise, but you were rejected and they made you redundant. Those failures seem so close to the surface. They are all there, gathering momentum. As soon as we make a current failure, we seem to remember those past failures. 
It's almost like they are ink billowing through the water of our lives, affecting every aspect. And that is why it's hard to be a trader. We need to reframe those trading losses. They are not failures. They are not indicative of a life that has had hardship and will continue having hardship. Each failure that you make, if you follow your written trading plan, will bring you one step closer to making that big profit. Even professional traders fail a lot. We need to be psychologically resilient in order to stand up, to hold our shoulders back, to once again walk forward instead of staying still or taking a step backward. So think about those losses that you're making, not as failures, not as the ink into the water of your life. Think of them as limited, as small, as discreet. Think of them as taking you one step closer to that big trading win. Hi, I'm Jeremy Alexander Newsom, and I listen to Caroline at Talking Trading. Today's special guest on Talking Trading is Stephen Goldstein from Hertfordshire, who co-presents the very popular Alpha Mind podcast. Stephen works as a trading performance coach. Prior to this, he spent almost 25 years as a trader, mostly in the rates and FX space. He was involved in both proprietary trading and market-making roles for firms such as Credit Suisse, Commerce Bank, and American Express. Stephen Goldstein, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hello, Caroline. Delighted to be here. Delighted to have you. I hope the weather is sunny over there in England. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Grey and dark and miserable. Just how it should be. Steve, I've been listening to you on your podcast. It's very, very good. And I know Chris Tate recently appeared on it for a very good episode. Many traders come into the new year thinking they would and could do things differently to make themselves a better trader. But usually they end up within a few weeks having fallen back onto old habits, just in the same way the efforts to go to a gym or to lose weight fall off the wayside. Steve, what steps can traders make to put themselves in a stronger position to perform more effectively? Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, the, the start of the new year is when everyone gets in that new mindset. They're fresh. You know, this year is going to be the big year. I'm going to change. I'm going to do things differently. The best of intentions are, are how people start the new year. And they, they quite often, you know, they, they tidy themselves up. Uh, physically and mentally, you know, the 1st of January and um, or maybe the 2nd of January, give themselves 24 hours to clear the hangover. Um, and then uh, and for a week or two, they're really focused. They think I'm going to keep a journal. I'm going to do the things I'm going to do, the things that I don't do that make a difference. Um, the stuff that's important. And then, as we call it, the, the important, not urgent stuff starts to get done. And then they lapse and then go back into the old habits because they focus on just the urgent stuff, the urgent important. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with that model, but um, it, it, it's a model that says um, 
you focus on urgent, important, or not urgent, important. And over time, you start to lapse the important, not urgent stuff because everything else takes place. And soon you've got into bad habits. Living by survival only. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the old bad habits reinforce themselves. And the new intentions go out the window. And we're back making the same old errors. So how does this apply to a trading plan? Um, well, it's, I mean, you, you've almost nailed it on the head there. I mean, quite a lot of people kind of forget their trading plan. They start with, with one. <laughs> and then pretty soon it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's gone. It's, I didn't stick to plans. I didn't follow my routine. I didn't say what I was going to do. I let the market dictate to me. I let my emotions dictate to me. And boom, you're back in that cycle again. So what does it take for a trader to, to self-develop? It's, um, it takes a huge amount of effort. It's, you know, I, th- I think people, you know, a lot of people come into trading uh, with this idea that it's relatively easy. You just have to find a few, a few rules and methods and, and systems and, you know, pretty soon, you know, how hard can it be is what people say. And they never think about the, uh, how it really is. You know, it's, it's an incredibly difficult skill. Mm. You know, like learning to play the guitar or learning to run a marathon or, you know, learning to climb mountains or box, learning to box or play to, like anything that is incredibly skilled, that's what trading is. And only very few people develop a sufficiently high level of skill which takes many, many years to be able to be consistently successful. And most people don't, they don't work on that. They, they just think it's the analysis, it's finding a method and it's executing and, and that's it. And they think they can do it pretty quickly. They overestimate their ability to do it. And, and, and that leads them down all sorts of paths. You know, it's almost like, you know, if I use the analogy of a boxer, it's like saying, you know what? I'm going to start boxing. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start playing, you know, around, punching a few people. And then I'm going to put myself in the ring with a boxer. And within a year or two, I'm going to be competing at world championship level. It's an insane, it's, it's that sort of comparison, you know, when you, yeah. and, and it's always like you're stepping in the ring on day one with Mike Tyson or, or, or someone like that, because you're going in there with guys who have boxed for 10, 15, 20 years, guys who have traded, I should have said, 10, 15, 20 years. But it's like going in the ring with guys who have been boxing 10, 15, 20 years and expecting to be able to compete with them. If it goes up, it's a bull. If it goes down, it's a bear. How hard is that? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, quite often you watch the market and you think, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, like you say, how hard can it be? So people don't put the effort in self-development. You know, if on the other hand, they said, look, I want to become a boxer. I want to box at a professional level. You know, maybe I'm not going to win a world championship, but I want to be able to compete. What would you do? You'd go and get a trainer. You'd go on, you'd work with coaches. You'd work on getting fit. You'd work behind the scenes. You'd say, what do I need to do to get there? What are the steps I need to take? And then you'd be reasonable about it. You say, how long is it going to take me? For an average person and the trainer might go listen it's five to seven eight years coming to the gym every day boxing away practicing with people 
Yeah, and you've got to fight and you've got to fall down a bit and you've got to be able to get up and you've got to learn to roll with the punches, as the, as the saying goes. Same in the market. You've got to do that. You've got to fall down. You've got to get up again. You know, so if you get the comparison falls down in certain ways, but at the core theme, it's the same, you know, and you've got to be able to survive those early years. You trade small, you practice, you learn, you know, you, you, you go on demos, you work with someone who helps you develop yourself. Very few people do that. You know, they think they can do it themselves. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to become a boxer myself, (laughs) you know, and all the people I know that have become successful have had some form of mentoring, some form of support, some form of development. You know, it it, it, it doesn't just happen. Can we talk about your personal trading journey? Because you worked for 25 years as a trader. How long did it take you to become proficient in trading? That, that, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, worked, I worked for banks, which makes a huge difference. So, you know, you, you go in there, you learn on the ropes, and when I joined, it was the mid 80s and it was a kind of a new era and everyone was young and doing it. There was some old traders, but, you know, the markets were opening up interest rate, derivatives, futures, options. They were all starting out then. Uh, liquidity was coming into the market. Um, so so there weren't many people to actually show us a rope. So we, we all kind of learned together. You learned with your brokers, you learned with your colleagues around you. You were mentored by one or two people that started a few years earlier. And you had that process of learning. Um, and we weren't doing necessarily the same sort of trading that I guess most of your listeners are doing. You know, so we, we were market making or we were doing our arbitraging products manually that, that you could do in those days. But it, it gave you a chance to learn, you know, and I'd say there, there were different stages of learning. So roughly about you know, you, you're thrown in pretty quickly and you're trading within a couple of years and you think you're good, but you're not. You've got a lot of, in those days, you had a lot coming your way, which was kind of free, which fooled you into thinking you're good. Um, but, you know, you learn. And I think I became pretty decent after five or six years as a trader. But I don't think I became really good until 13 years into my career, uh, where, where I was then, I would say I was highly competent i was a you know and the next the next 10 years were, were great years and that, that's that's when you know that with a very high high probability the next year you are going to be successful again and the next year you're going to be successful again you know and, and and that's when you get to that and that takes many years and i talk to lots of traders professional traders highly successful traders and they all tell me different versions of that same story. Are there any telltale signs that indicate that you're going to be successful this year? Uh, no, no, there's, there's just a kind of inner confidence, um, inner belief, and also a sense of that, you know, it's not guaranteed. You may still have a losing year, you know, and, and you know, I'm um, one, of, one, of my, one of my former colleagues who became a hugely successful trader over many years and I was out with him a few years ago for uh, for, for a drink and he said to me do you know what I've had two losing years in 25 years he said I'm pretty pleased with that you know and, and those losing years one of them turned up late in his career when he was very successful you know it, it, you, you're not always going to win no matter how successful you are there's going to be periods where 
you're gonna it, it's not a job like a, a lawyer where i'm going to be good this year and i'm going to be good this year and it's all going to work out trading is not that sort of job you know it, it's still got uncertainty you're still gonna suffer setbacks no matter how good you are you know you could be a warren buffett or a ray dalio you are you know, ray dalio's losing money this year at the moment you know you are going to have that it's the nature of the beast Talking to Brett Steenbarger, the trading psychologist, he says that professional traders on a banking floor have the advantage of being in the pool of traders to swap stories, knowledge and what's happening during the day. So your learning curve is much faster. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's, you've, got, you know, you've got a huge edge, even today, even though the edge isn't so big today because the markets have changed so much and uh, new rules and new regulations have, have restricted their profitability and what they can do you you are you're surrounded by information you know you've got so much flow information going on around you so much market knowledge and you've got a support network as well and, and you know i can't i cannot say how valuable that support network is it's possibly more important than the flow you know if you've got a good buddies and good team around you and we talk about that a lot on the podcast and you know i talk about that with people and you know, they give you a lift when you need it. Yet, there's sometimes there are negative aspects to it as well. It's like anything, but it, it it's just so valuable. And that's why I say to people, you know, there is a cost if you're a private trader. It can be expensive putting yourself on a trading floor, you know. But at the same time, there is a huge value to it that that can add something as well. You know, having people around you sharing stories, sharing hard luck stories, good luck stories market flow, what's going on, what you're thinking, testing your ideas with other people, what do you think about this? You know, and, and, and just the general banter, just being, just being social. What can traders do to make change that sticks? That, that is incredibly hard. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend it's easy because it's, it, it's not, but if it was easy, uh, then everyone would be doing it. It's, it, it's, it's, this is almost the hard yards of, um, of of trading, rather like, you know, this this to me is, you know, it's like if you want to win a marathon, you've got to get out six o'clock, five o'clock every morning and beat the streets for a couple of hours. And not just that, but put your legs through torture, trying to get faster times between certain points along the way. You've got to do something similar in trading. You've got to be willing to spend the hours analysing your performance in the past, analysing your behaviours, analysing what you're doing, writing it down, looking at past traits. You know, you've got to be willing to say, what do I find really difficult to do? What parts of me am I doing well? And you've got to discover that. And then you've got to try and work on that and try and push that out. You know, you've got to challenge yourself to do it. You know, for example, a lot of people fall down on increasing their risk size. So you could become pretty decent at trading in small size, yeah. where there's not skin in the game. But suddenly, you know, what happens is people think, you know, if I'm really serious about this, I've got to raise my risk size because like, I'm not going to make a living on these levels. And, and quite often they've got the capital there to do it, but they find it really difficult. You know, their mind, that's where the emotions kick in. I always call it, I always compare it to a tightrope, I use an analogy. So if you're a trader, you learn you learn to walk on the ground, you learn to walk the tightrope 
two feet off the ground where you've got very little risk and you can learn the skills and the basics. Pretty soon, you know, may take a few weeks, but you're walking this tightrope up and down. You've learned the skills um, and you think, yeah, I can do it here at two feet. I can do it at 100 feet. So you walk up to 100 feet and your legs go to jelly, you know, and it's your mind controlling your legs. You know, you put your foot on there and you're suddenly conscious that, hey, I could, I could die here. You know, even, <laughs> if I've, even if I've got a harness and a safety rope, you know, your mind is not working the same. The skills are exactly the same, but the mind is working differently. It's playing emotional games and, and crossing that rope becomes the hardest thing. It's the same with risk. It's risk. You know, that's the equivalent. You up your trade side to a new level. I, I do this all the time with guys. And suddenly, you know, you should never look down, they say, when you're walking the tightrope. But suddenly you start looking down and you realise how vulnerable you are. So how do you not look and, down in training? Well, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's incredibly difficult. I mean, I, I talk to people, I say, listen, first of all, a tightrope walker would look at the prize, look at the end of the rope. It never looks down. Um, and you have to keep your eye on that. And you have to stay focused and remember what are the skills you need to do. You've got the skills to cross it. And you focus on that. You have your hand on the bar. You know, it's balancing you. You keep your eye on the end of the rope. But your mind is always there. It's always trying to take you away from it. It's always trying to make you realise you're vulnerable. It's, it's, it's fighting with you. You know, because your mind is there to actually keep you alive. Your ego is there to keep you alive. You know, and it doesn't know that you've got the skills. Yes. Skills being a robust trading plan. A robust trading plan, a set of processes, a risk management, a solid risk management practice or money management practice, structure, a way of finding trades, a way of executing the trades, a whole process that keeps you in the trade, you know, the tail, and then a process for exiting. Most people, they don't work on the exit side. (laughs) You know, they they just work on how we're going to find a trade. Let's find a trade. And an awful lot of people fall down on, well, what am I going to do with this when I'm in the trade? How do I manage it when new news and new information comes in? How do you deal with a string of losses? I, I suppose, and again, you, you, you're, you're, you're asking one of those questions, which is the equivalent of looking down. Because when, when you have them, and again, they're inev- inevitable, your confidence starts to wane and you start to have a lot of self-doubt. And it's, you know, it's, it's an incredible difficult thing because that, you know, even when I was at my best, that still happened and that started to undermine my confidence. You know, so you're you saying start... even in your winning streak, you still had moments of your confidence being undermined? Completely, you know, and I think, how the hell am I going to get this back? You know, I'm, you're, you, you, you. You fast forward where you start thinking, I'm never going to make money again. That's how the mind works. You know, we are naturally loss averse. We naturally tend to look at the downside, the negative. And, you know, that, that says, well, and your confidence goes. Like you're saying, you, you, you walk in the ring, if I go back to the boxing analogy, already beaten. And you can come in and say, oh, I'm going to win this, I'm going to win this. But when you're in there, you know, you start doing the wrong things, you start making... So there's a lot of things. I mean, one is you have to 
you have to work on breaking that cycle. That's why I called it the hard yards as well. How it's do you break it? One thing I say to people is step away. Talk to people as well. Try and have a conversation. I mean, I, you know, have someone who reminds you and snaps you out of it. In, in my, one of my last years of trading was, was my best year ever. Um, and yet, around about the middle of the year, I got into one of those negative cycles. And it feels like a spiral. It, it slowly starts to happen and then you're in this negative spiral. Yeah, and I'm saying, can I, I wish I could turn my hands behind my back and not touch the keyboard and, you know, and, and, and soon you're like beating yourself up, you know, and, and it just begets this whole downward spiral that every trader will be familiar with. And, and then, you know, you cannot buy a trade. That's the way, that's how we would say it. You know, and if you, if you did buy, you know, if you bought something, it went down. If you sold something, it went up. Yeah, that is exactly what used to happen. You know, if you didn't do something, it would soar and, and it was and your confidence falls apart. And on this particular occasion, I just remember my, 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 my boss, who was a colleague, great friend. He said to me, he went, Steve, why do you beat yourself up like this? So I went, what are you talking about? He went, you're like an alchemist. You sit there every year. You start with nothing. You have nothing. And yet by the end of the year, you've, you've built a pot of gold, you know. And, and I just went away that night and I thought, he's right. He's absolutely right. I do it every year. I, I've got to trust myself. You know, I've, I've shown over many years, you know, that I'm good at this. Why am I engaging in this <laughs> negative beating myself up? And, and, and that, just, that just snapped me out of it. Him talking about it, it feels like from that moment, I went on this amazing money run. It wasn't that moment, but I, I, suddenly my confidence came back and I started seeing opportunities again instead of threats. And, you know, and pretty soon I was making money again and it was going in the right direction. And yeah, but, you know, we're, we're human, we're all human, we're not robots. You know, we have amazing gifts as human to be able to do incredible things. But we also have this downside. We have this negative side. We can't help it. You know, it's, and it grounds us. It's part of, it's actually a strength rather than a weakness, but it plays games something rotten. <laughs> And guys, that's all for part one of Stephen Goldstein's conversation. Stay tuned next week to hear part two, where he says a whole lot more. I'm Caroline Stephen. Happy trading. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.